Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello! Hello, everyone! Sorry if that was loud, and welcome uh, to episode three of Bud Pod. Thanks for sticking through. There are three whole episodes. The trinity of Bud Pod has been established. Yes. Um, this is the first recording we've done where we can reflect on the uh, response to the first episode of Bud Pod. Yep. And the response has been not negative. It's been broadly positive, and in many ways, extremely positive. And thank you for engaging people who are making little... Uh, little pictures and, and shit on Twitter and, and, and telling us things about the Louis scale. Yes, yeah, the Louis scale is really taking off. Yeah. People have really started um, r- ranking their, their blowing mm. um, with the Louis scale. Um, but do send us in anything that you're doing. And remember that Louis aren't just for blowing. Louis are also for just effort or mm-hmm. stress, like really you're trying so hard. That your cheeks something. are popping out. That your cheeks are blowing out like Louis Armstrong. Yeah, you're trying as hard as Louis Armstrong. Scale of zero to ten, Louis. Zero being absolutely chill, and ten being uh, your face is red with effort. Veins popping out. Veins are popping. Uh, so Pierre, how have you been? Not bad. I uh, I think I'm starting to get caffeine headaches. I have caffeine fog all the time. Yeah. I wake up sleepy and I have a coffee because I go that'll make me awake. No, it makes me sleep. While standing. Well, it makes me sleep inside my brain. Yeah, it's sort of that thing where you go, okay, the coffee will wake me up because we've weirdly absorbed this quite a lot from cartoons. There's a lot of like giving characters coffee in cartoons and things. Mm. Um, as a child, I was always like, well, that's, it's like this magic liquid. And as you say, it, it, it's like it makes you dumb and tired but faster. Yeah, it makes you make mistakes. That the, it, makes you, it helps you make the mistakes you're already making but at a higher rate. And very decisively. Mm-hmm. You fuck up just as much, but you seem like you really know what you're doing. Uh, I had um, um, a really fancy coffee, like a real hip coffee yesterday. Mm-hmm. And like is a single origin bean from Ethiopia. This guy was telling me everything about the. And you know it's going to be good when they, when they tell you the name of the guy who picked up the seeds. Holy shit. Who picked up the, the coffee pods. Um, Brian. And um, I, didn't know, I did not know coffee could make me want to shit that quick. That's when you know you're onto a good thing. Before it's, you're done with the first sip. They say there's, there's bean to cup and then there's uh, drink to shit. Uh, <laughs> this place was bean to cup and it went in me drink to shit in a matter of seconds. I imagine that the, the, the coffee was so strong that your physical poo went faster down the drain. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'd caffeinated the loo somehow. <laughs> it had wheels on it. My shit had wheels on it and drove away. <laughs> uh, but yeah, otherwise fine. How about you, man? Yeah, Okay. Um, I'm starting to get, and this is a classic annoyance, but actually leads into my most authoritarian mm-hmm. thought of the week. Oh yeah, my most authoritarian feeling of the week. It's not groundbreaking, but I think cyclists who skip traffic lights should go to jail. Yeah, what I, I've had enough. It's 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 so irritating when you see them. Like, like, and they nearly knock you down when you're walking. Yeah, across. it's so dangerous, and they have the temerity to look behind you, like, look. They look behind at you as they cycle off. Yeah. Going like, look, look around you. I've I've shouted. I'm, I'm cycling. I've shouted the word prick in someone's ear as their ear cycled past my face. No way, really. Yeah, it felt great. <laughs> well, like, did you time it to whisper it perfectly in their ear? Or you just went prick. Uh, I shouted it, and I but I did time it really well. Did they look or did they look around at you? I think so. I don't know. I think they. I think they sort of. They looked ashamed as they were coming towards me, though. So I think they knew they were being a little shit. <laughs> but they weren't changing their course. No, they were just like, yeah, I'm a piece of shit. They were so uh, accepting of their own folly. But yeah, and and you you see all these like horrifying cycling stats and like guys who drive vans and like look a lot of the driving in London is unbelievably shit. Um, like really Keep up bad. To be. Yeah, but even like in Palmer's Green where I used to live. You just have these like tiny little Greek Cypriot nanas who can barely see over the over the steering wheel of the massive four wheel drive Range Rover their successful son has bought them. 
and they take corners. You're supposed to you're supposed to slow down and give way before you turn left or right on a giveaway street. They take those corners like fucking go-karts. <laughs> I've been nearly killed by Greek Cypriot nanas so many fucking times. <laughs> but yeah, cyclists who do that shit, you're not helping yourselves. Uh if you cycle also if you cycle towards me on the pavement, I should be allowed to just kick the wheel from under you. Yeah, it's it's a road vehicle. Yeah. It's a road vehicle. If you want to be treated like a vehicle, behave like a vehicle. Mhm. None of this pavement business. And this, but they're, they're sort of bolstered by the innate uh, superiority of traveling in a way that is good for the planet. They're the vegans yeah. of transport. That's exactly what they are. That's exactly what they are. They're the vegans of transport. Like, yeah. We all agree you're doing the right thing, but there's a bit of an attitude problem. Here. Yeah, could you, could you just give it a rest here and there? And it doesn't give you the right to ignore other rules. And don't shove it in my face yes, by cycling no. in front of me when the, the green man is green. Yeah, or even when it's doing the little creepy countdown. Mm-hmm. Four, three, two, one, keep walking. You know. And they're the revving up like Mario Kart. Yes, yes, yes. I slow down when I hear someone rev. Like while I'm walking across, <laughs> I slow down even when I turn and look at them like, yeah, you're going to... You're going to run me over. You just slowly start to climb onto the, the bonnet. The bonnet and just eat through the windshield <laughs> with my teeth. No, like a sexy lady on a piano. You yeah. just ride around on the bonnet. <laughs> Get really dusty. What's your most authoritarian thought? Uh, there should be a tax on social media. A tax on all your houses. A tax on all your houses. I, I read. I, I didn't read the whole thing. I just read some little update thing. I think it was on... You, know, you get those emails from news websites, like little news of the day summarized or whatever. Oh, yeah. I think it yeah, was. Yeah, this is what's happened. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is your email from the BBC. Hi, Pierre, it's the BBC. This is what's happened. Hi, Pierre, it's the BBC. Here's the deal. Okay, uh, good luck. Um, apparently, I think it was Uganda introduced some sort of social media tax and just like everyone quit Twitter. And that sounds great. Well, so every tweet you send, you have to pay a certain amount? I think it was just like to get access to it. Or something. And it just made, turned loads of people off the internet, which I think is good. That's great. Because the internet's awful. I, in, in ten, a, in, you, you know what? A 10p a tweet. And for each time you send a tweet that, that a certain number of people think is trolling, it's like a quid. <laughs> I, think, I think 10 pounds a tweet. Ooh. I think 10 pounds a tweet. So it's like a phone call from 1903. Let's go Scandinavian with this. Yeah, yeah. 10 pounds a tweet. And I think the... the World's problems be solved. We can use revenue from that to fund uh, hit squads who track down assholes from Twitter in real life and reveal who they are. Or, or if you don't want to tax Twitter or tax social media, make it illegal. Like you can't. Oh no! But dictatorships would abuse this. But like you, you have. Oh no! no dictatorships would no. abuse this. But just like uh, like something where you can't have a Twitter account if your name is just like fuckpig eighty three. <laughs> it's got to be like you know Steve Johnson. You can't just. What hide. if it's like the German village of. Fucks uh, pig raising uh, society. Founded in 1983. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that'd then, be then they will have the documentation to prove that. Um, okay, maybe not that, but definitely taxing the shit. Because yep. they, they, don't, they don't pay tax on it anyway, so they, we're going to have to invent a new kind of tax because otherwise they will very soon own our souls. But does this, um, would this raise um, problems of accessibility? Mm. So it would be very much the case that. Uh, social media would become um, a privilege for the rich. Oh, uh, we tax the. We'll tax, or is it means tested? We'll tax the company, not the user. Oh, okay. So they'll want more users, so they'll make it a flat rate, or they'll do it means tested, or we means tested. But yeah, either way. Right, but does this lead to the de-democratization of? Social it's a private media? company. Fuck them. But I'll be from the user standpoint. Yeah, fuck them. It's a, <laughs> you know. It could be a, there's a de-democratization of pubs because there's bouncers and a guy runs it and can kick you out. <laughs> Should be the same. It's a public space, I think. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, What's your most libertarian? My most libertarian thought is... What kind of damn long hair thoughts you've been having, Phil? I say bring back duels. <laughs> <laughs> I really think the duel wasn't a good duel, idea. Duels, blackmail. You just want to live in a late 1700s drama. I just think there are some things that you can trust society to handle. If two, um, if two um, adult parties think the best way to solve their differences is to walk a few steps away from each other, spin around real quick, and try and shoot the other person. Yeah. Fair play. Would you accept um, some kind of like non-lethal version where it's like it's still like hard because it's like a sort of maybe like some really tough boxing match, or like a grudge boxing. Well, like match. it's really painful, like taser. Tasers would be better because then that evens the playing field. Whereas boxing, it would just be big people winning all the time. Oh no, I mean this to guns. Like lethal. Um, no, but but that model. So not getting not 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 close quarters combat, but uh, a flintlock pistol. Yeah, 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 yeah. At yeah. a distance of forty paces. Yeah. So by and large, everyone misses. Sure. Okay. But you can you can keep going as much as you want. You have to. You you, have, you go to the centers. You could be there all day. It's like it's like 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 batting cages, right? You go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In and uh, the shooting ranges basically, yeah, but but with people at both ends. People at both ends. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, is it going to have like a, a, a sort of okay but quite shit cafe outside, like, <laughs> like yes. a swimming pool with soleros and. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads of, loads of kids are there with towels over their head to towel the blood off, going like, wow, what a big day we've had at the dueling center. And it's like, oh, they, the kids are so hungry when they come out of there. Yeah, and you like you pick your your gun. It has to be the right size for your hand, and like your fingers have to fit into it. And it's, it's like, like oh, there's no size 10s left. <laughs> uh, they always run out of size 10s. It's like bowling shoes. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you do actually have to bring your own padlock for the yeah, locker. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. If someone steals your gun, then they can just... And you're like, well, I thought it was like a quid, and then you just turn it, and, they, and you keep the keys around your, on a wristband, and they go, no, that's a... Most, yeah, most... Yeah, we, that's how we used to be, and then a different company bought us, and now we're, we're doing the like, coin-based thing. It's annoying. Uh, we can give you change. If you brought any, you didn't bring any cash. Okay. Um, <laughs> can you shoot each other another day, maybe? Yeah, so I think, uh, I think bring back the duel. Oh, wow. Who uh, would you duel? Would you duel, or would you just you just want to bring it back to, almost as a way of getting rid of people who are willing to do it? Yeah, the latter. I, I don't think there's anyone. I think I, I know think a lot of your a lot of your libertarian beliefs boil down to not letting the law get in the way of uh, reckless and stupid people. Yes, maybe it's about <laughs> reintroducing some element of natural selection into our society, <laughs> <laughs> which is also very authoritarian. This is when it starts to get in an indirect way, though. Yeah, but it's a, it's a cunning way because it's like if the people want dynamite. Who am I to stop them from, yeah. If they want dynamite candles, let them. <laughs> I think they glow brighter too. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so bring back the duel. Um, uh, who would I want to duel? If anyone. If anyone. I would like to duel Jeff Bezos. Ooh, that's for, good. For his money. I, I guess he probably wouldn't agree to it. Oh, but if you Or maybe he can have my young blood. Oh. If he wins, he can have a vial of... Well, as much as my blood as he wants. So you yeah. can have like a medical team on standby to c- harvest my plasma. And organs. And organs. Possibly. Mm-hmm. You know, Jeff Bezos, as he, as he gets richer, increasingly becomes like a sort of a, a, a kind of central European vampire myth. He's looking more and more like Lex Luthor every day. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. Okay. So that's my libertarian thought. Bring back the duel. What's your most libertarian thought? Um, I, should, I think that if you do a normal office job, uh-huh. Normal office jobs like marketing, advertising, consulting, data entry, like non like and and like the, your company has got nothing to do with medicine or engineering or you know high stakes stuff. Mm-hmm. You should be allowed to have tinnies. <laughs> tinnies at your desk anytime. Tinnies at the desk. I mean, I um, I would okay if I'm going to be really libertarian about this, leave it up to the boss. It's sure. your it's your company. It's your rules. But in theory, there's nothing illegal about having. An ice cold tinny at 9 a.m. before you start talking to clients. Is that illegal now? 
It's it's up to it's mm. up to the employer now, isn't it? It must be illegal. I don't know I don't if it is think illegal. It is illegal. Okay, well, they, okay. I think barring something like medicine. Okay, know? then I want it to be a right. Okay. That's the libertarian thing, isn't it? Where it's like you have a right to bear arms. You have a right to a cold tinny. <laughs> you have a right to bear Stella. <laughs> you have a right to bear cans. <laughs> a right to bear cans. <laughs> I like that. Right. You will take this can from my cold dead hands, Phil. And- and they're only cold because I've really chilled the hell out of really, this lovely I've, tinny. Because <laughs> I've, I've got a cooler under my desk. And it's time for cans. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Hey, are you, um, are you using the photocopier? Uh, I am, yeah. I'm going to be quite a while. Oh, I can wait. Sometimes <laughs> <laughs> when you visit the offices, instead of them just going, would you like a cup of tea? They have to go, would you like a tea, coffee, Cronenberg? <laughs> Ice cold Cronenberg. <laughs> Tea, coffee, cans. <laughs> cans. Really what's, what's funny about cans? Cans. What's is so a, funny? It's just a really funny. Tea, coffee, cans. <laughs> I think it's a plural of it. Tea, coffee, cans. <laughs> oh, can I have two cans of Stella? Of course. <laughs> How do you take it? <laughs> oh, ice cold. Of course, of course. Thank you. Two sugars? Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely tinnies. When my husband first suggested going on holiday to the sun, I was sceptical. I thought, Henry, won't all our skin and bones and flesh and hair be burnt away by the power of that glorious orange circle in the sky? And he said, no, because sun tours are offering a new asbestos-proofed version of a sort of cruise ship but for space and I said really and he said yes I'm not lying I'm your husband why would I lie why would I lie about this of all things why would I lie and I said all right Jesus fucking Christ we'll go to the sun and we did and it was great there were flames and a sort of um lava or something couldn't see it not allowed to touch it uh, space was big and cold like an arctic cruise i suppose and on board there were so many games and activities like um desperately plug the hole in the hull was a good one because uh, the stakes were so high everyone got involved and uh, baccarat classes uh, you couldn't actually play baccarat something to do with anti-gambling space law but the baccarat classes you could learn how to play baccarat which is actually james bond's favorite game and they had to make a texas hold'em to make it modern in all the recent ones which i think is shit now because i can do baccarat now and also there was some um, orgies as well and um, they were compulsory. That was part of the ticket price. That was like so cheap because it's run by one of those billionaire perverts. Okay, so I just got a phone call um, out of nowhere um, with no warning from a number I did not recognize. Was it a landline? No, mobile. Okay, that's even worse. Yeah, because if it's landline, you can just go, ah, oh, this is some um, cold call. I yeah. can just hang up. But mobile, you don't know. It calls you out of nowhere. My mind goes, some, my, my sisters have died. And yeah. someone's found them. Yeah. And um, that's it. I've got to say bye to my family. I was, it wasn't. It was just a work call. But who doesn't <laughs> warn you? <laughs> this is not the 80s. You can't just call people out of nowhere. It's like if someone said, I thought I'd just come to your home address. Yeah, it just is. Just confirm something with you. <laughs> It's let invasive. me get right. Let me climb inside your ear. <laughs> I just thought I'd write this on your arm, without let, telling you. I haven't warned you about this, but um, I, I, I expect you to let a stranger climb inside your ears. <laughs> I've been, I was trying to explain this to my girlfriend, where I was like, she was like, "Why do you hate phone calls so much?" She just thought it was really weird. She was like, "Oh, maybe I'll just start calling you," and I was like, "Please don't do that," because every time I get a phone call, as you say, you just go, you you make a phone call. When it's too rude and efficient to tell someone via text that someone's dead. Yeah. It's bad news. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's, phone calls should only be for messages that emojis would make inappropriate. The, the, there's no level of good news that needs a phone call. Right, right. Unless it's like really medical for a family member or something or about yourself maybe. Like I'm cured, you know. Maybe you'd call that, but even like, then, you want that in a message, like just like, to to raise ambiguity. Yeah, 
Well, I mean, we have also like so. Um, actually, and we've ju- I d- while you were on that call, I got a message from uh, a very good friend of ours and friend of the pod and very talented comedian, Ivo Graham. Yes. And he's texting in and he's saying he's enjoying the Bud Pod. And oh, he's that's saying, great! A nice time. And he sent us a video, you and me, mm-hmm. of him blowing out his birthday candles at the age of three. And he says he reckons he's at least at about eight Louis. <laughs> and I've watched the video and I can confirm. That's like eight Louis at, at resting point. Oh, bare, is he, bare minimum. Really? That he's really kid, blasting out those candles? Jesus. Wow. A, astonishing Louis. And that's why he's going to make a great father. That's right. Well, that's a, he's, so he's just had a, a child. Yeah. Well, his wife's had a child, and he was there as well because he, he helped had make a, it. He played his part. They both had a child. Whatever. But I texted him congratulations. Because I saw him post on social media. He's like, here I am with my newborn. Yeah. And I go like, well, you better save up one of those hands for a phone call. Because <laughs> I'm going to want to talk to you on the phone. Even Put though. that baby down. <laughs> Pierre wants a chin wag. Exactly. Because I know you're extremely busy what, with a, grow, a human that you've made with your body. But, <laughs> but also, I want to be like, so what's it like in the hospital? Nice. Like, fuck off. Fuck off, fuck off, fuck off. No, just efficient. I texted him some nice stuff. He texted me a nice thing back, and it was nice, nice, nice. And he could get on with his life. And he and you know what? He could text me back at his leisure. Mm-hmm. I wasn't demanding an off-the-cuff response like we did an improv show called Let's Socialize. <laughs> no, unacceptable. Life is one improv show, Pierre. Yeah, unfortunately, that's true. Molten brown, that soap's cheaper than it looks. Looks like glass, but it is just plastic. Easily found, the bottle is round. It costs just a pound. It's molten brown. Pierre, um, you are from South Africa. That's true. And um, controversially, I, I don't know if you've seen this news from South Africa, but uh, there's a pastor in South Africa who is finally pa- pa- <laughs> pastor O R. Pastor. Pastor. Uh, pastor. Not, not the food. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not. He's not um, a big amalgam of uh, wheat and fl- um, of uh, flour and water. Mm-hmm. He is a pastor. Alf Lukau. Alf Lukau. Alf Lukau. Alf Lukau. That's a name. That's a that's a that's a good name. Uh, but he is claiming to be able to resurrect people from the dead. This is the the man who he's trying to Lazarus people. And there's a video here on Twitter of him doing it. So I'm, I'm I've not seen this. I'm going to watch this now. All right. Okay. So there's an there's an open coffin, and there's a man inside it who, to my eye, doesn't look dead. His mouth yeah. is wide open, yeah. like he's shocked by his own death, yeah. <laughs> and his family have not bothered to close his mouth <laughs> Also, open coffin funeral. If, is the video like the screenshots where the, the grieving family around the coffin look visibly bored by this exercise? Yes. They look No bored. one looks sad that this guy is dead. They look if anything, they, yeah, they look like this is take 30. <laughs> this is take 30, and <laughs> they're hungry. They've not broken for lunch yet. Phil, if you're going to film... Uh, a fake corpse resurrection scene as part of a piece of religious propaganda, then you'd really hate to be stuck with the Stanley Kubrick of, <laughs> of fake religious propaganda. <laughs> just Kubrick, like, again, just 91 takes. But he's got a vision. <laughs> he's got a vision for fake news. I, I That's just reminding me, when I was a kid in Malaysia, mm-hmm. we had um, um, RE class, yeah. religious education class, and uh, because, you know, there's not really much by way of standardization in Malaysia. Um, if you have, if you have a, a class in Malaysia, you can teach whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. show them whatever the fuck you want. And it's just like you're the teacher. Yeah, you are the boss. You're, every teacher is a dictator of their <laughs> class and they do what they like. Our religious education teacher, she was quite cool, but she was also nuts. She, when we were all 13, she made us watch Passion of the Christ. Oh, my God. <laughs> like a grainy Passion of the Christ. With, that, with those, like, yellow subtitles yeah, that, yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, like, Cantonese, like, from the Hong Kong uh, movie <laughs> industry. It was honestly someone had filmed it in a, in a cinema. Loads of coughing. 
Yeah. <laughs> Grainy. <laughs> but we could still make out all the horrible shit of the... Jesus' flesh getting ripped off. And we're 13. Yeah, and none of which, none of which is in the Bible. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is all Mel Gibson embellishments. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen a class of Malaysian kids turn anti-Semitic in one <laughs> afternoon. But this teacher found a way to do it. That's also amazing because I'm going to assume that in uh, Malaysia, there are two Jews. And so it's not like there was a way you guys could be like, but Steve's not like that. You were just a bunch of kids in Asia just going, well, it, it would be like if there was a, a, a classroom full of kids in Yorkshire just going like, those fucking Tamils seem unreasonable. <laughs> like <laughs> really strong opinions on a minority group in a completely different place, like no context. Even at that age, <laughs> I, 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 even at that age, I thought this is not appropriate for yeah. kids um, our age. Uh, at one point, a boy genuinely started shouting "Jews to the moon," which I did not. <laughs> I didn't really understand. What? Are you serious? Yeah, one of the boys said we should send Jews to the moon after seeing Passion of the Christ <laughs> at thirteen. And I instantly thought this was irresponsible to show us. If you wrote that in a letter to Mel Gibson, he would frame that. It'd be like how those Americans always frame their first $1 bill that they made. <laughs> Mel Gibson's first anti-Semitic convert in Malaysia. First anti-Semitic child. You're like, he'd, be, he'd be reading it like shaking his head with like a single tear. Going, this kid gets it. This kid gets it. And, and like everyone else, they would be like, Mel, are you, is everything all right? He's like, yeah, yeah. No, I just uh, sometimes the work is its own reward. You know what I mean? Anyway, back to this video of the resurrection. <laughs> I'm just, we need to do something with Jews to the moon because, you know, if an, if an Israeli scientist was shouting that, <laughs> you could interpret that. Yeah, and, and they no, are starting, celebratory. They did mount their first space mission recently. Oh, yeah. If an Israeli scientist did shout Jews to the moon, that's a pretty great slogan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a funny slogan. Um, but and maybe out of context, an anti-Semite might see that and go, Yes, yeah. and then read further and go, no. Yeah, I Iran would be like, <gasps> oh. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so this guy's trying to raise the dead. Not another normal day in a South African religious community. Yes, and, and... And I will say, for context for the listener, just to be clear, South Africa as a country is so um, enthusiastic and... And, and, and happy to engage with evangelical religious nonsense of all kinds. Oh, love it. And, and I'm, I'm talking across every racial group as well. Oh, and that's what I was going to say. In, in, when, during one of these re mad um, religious education lessons, we were uh, made to watch yeah. a footage of um, faith healers in Africa. Yeah. I can't remember what, I, I'm not, I can't remember what African country it was. A lot of the really like big hitters, as it were, are like West African. Like mm -hmm. the really famous one, like they're famous across the continent. Kind it of looked thing. like the Glastonbury of <laughs> yeah, yeah. of Christian yeah. African people. Yeah, and um, there was a guy with I'm not kidding. <laughs> Pyramid stage. <laughs> there was a guy just standing in a field with um, we were, I think we were told scrotum cancer. Wow, and not ball cancer. Not it might have been ball yeah. cancer, scrotum, whatever, Testic testicular cancer, I suppose. And this faith healer stood next to him and went, hey! And liquid started gushing out from under his balls. <laughs> we were kids looking at a naked man's balls gush fluids. And <laughs> balls to the moon. Balls to the moon. And, and two, uh, two, two, two thoughts went racing through my head as I watched fluid gush out of a man's testicles. Yeah. Um, one was... Um, What's for lunch? <laughs> One was cancer sure looks different to how I imagined it. <laughs> yeah. And the second was this is not appropriate. <laughs> I mean, I'm 13 year old. I want to be seeing shit I shouldn't be seeing. But even I'm I, going, no, steady on teach. Yeah, e even I'm like, no, what I meant was one boob. <laughs> not two testicles gushing fluid. I didn't know testicles could hold. In a field. In a field. I love the idea of you sitting there as the only voice of reason in an insane Malaysian teaching complex. You're just sitting there, just tutting like your dad. Just this is this is no good. These VHSs need to be sent back to hell. Absolutely insane. So I will and say this is not atypical. 
um the of like, south africa in general yeah and like even even uh, like i don't want anyone to think this is some kind of comment on any particular group because the number of for example white south africans i know who make texas baptist christians look like richard dawkins mm. is is huge they just they love it the more <laughs> literal an interpretation could be oh, the, yeah. the more faith healing hands on a broken foot kind of gibberish they yeah. just like that and rugby super into it malaysian christians can be like that as well yeah especially when you're in a country where your identity is to in order to form your identity you need to set yourself apart from the other religious groups you can yeah. go really mental with yours just to prove how different you are to the others yeah yeah um so sort of like the uk which is a little more religiously homogenous is not that kind of pressure anyway yeah so I, I'm I'm about to finish this footage of the resurrection. The guy in the coffin is in a is in a pure white suit, nothing out of the ordinary there. But he is he I, I, he couldn't look more alive. There, he's opening his mouth like he's doing a bad impression of a guy who just got shot. Like, like oh, I'm dead. Yeah. Oh. Also, okay. like like a really expensive suit, but the funeral home didn't see fit to wire his jaw shut, which is what they do to corpses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and they haven't embalmed him by replacing all his blood with not blood. You know. Well, maybe they're just so confident about him being resurrected. They, want, <laughs> they didn't want him to wake up like... <laughs> With no blood. Okay, here we go. Praise Jesus. Come on, G. Jesus is the name of the dead guy. Come on, Jesus. Come on. Stop fucking around. Oh, Elliot. He's waving at him. He's like roasting this guy for being dead. He's waving his hand in front of him and going, Jesus, come on, Elliot. Okay, everyone's got their hands up. I like the idea that resurrection comes in stages, like lift your hands. Okay, now the feet. The preacher has a suit like he works in the city. He looks like a banker. Yeah. Okay, he's got his hands over him. Hmm. What are the hands doing, Phil? Are they waggling? Like, he's stroking in the air along the length of... No, he's got his waist up. Here he comes. Elliot's up. Elliot's up. And the crowd People goes wild. Screaming. He's back from the dead. Elliot's doing a real good sort of zombie impression now. What's he? What's Elliot doing? Is he looking shocked the, to be back? Eyes are the back of the head. Oh, there's a lady fainting. Sure, sure. Well, Amazing. It's good, and it cuts out there. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, there's something from a, the, the funeral company here. They're called Kings and Queens Real Funerals. Real funerals. <laughs> <laughs> Kings and Queens Real Funerals. No fake funerals here. As Kings and Queens Funeral Services, we would like to distance ourselves from the supposed resurrection of a deceased man by Hallelujah Ministries, <laughs> who allegedly was at our mortuary. So they, this guy broke into their mortuary and uh, mm. just started bringing people back to life. It's and also um, I think the there's like three different funeral companies involved and they're all suing because they weren't told that they were going to be involved in this. There's more than one funeral service working on the funeral. When I when I skim read the article, it was like one of them's called like Black Phoenix, <laughs> and one's Kings and Queens Real Funerals, and then there was a third one, and they're all like, yeah, because like the one do, who do provided all the coffin. Do all funeral homes in South Africa sound like gentlemen's clubs? I mean, Black yeah, Phoenix and do. Kings and Queens. They really do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a big like a uh, schlocky article going Dead around. Dead lace. De <laughs> um, I will say though, what I like about religious miracles is that a large group of people, but not that large. I mean, in the video, it's what like less than a hundred people mm. in the video praying really hard, like really wishing for the miracle to work, and cheering and praying and waving their hands. That can bring this guy back from the dead, but it can't make your team score a goal. Yeah. Like, if miracles work like that, then sports is like, I, I don't know, ghost battle or something. But the thing with, with football is you've got people <laughs> praying on either side for the opposite outcome. Right. With so, the resurrection, people, you know, no one's like praying for him to stay dead. Yeah. So God's like, well, this is just a win-win. No this, one's going to be upset about this. This is a clear, a clear vote. Yeah. Maybe that's right. And maybe uh, uh, um, football games are like a kind of ghostly spiritual tug of war between two sides. Like, ghost exactly. fight. Yeah. Do you think it's one ghost going, oh, who do I help? Or is it all loads of ghosts all fighting invisibly? <laughs> I think it's like the battle at the end of Lord of the Rings. Loads <laughs> like invisible green ghosts that fly in and 
kick balls at each other. Ultimately, kind of invisibly helping a footballer's foot. Mm-hmm. Or just not. with their hands, just <laughs> grabbing them, holding them. Scurry, scurry, yeah. Are you listening to this thinking, wow, Pierre's great. I wish I could help Pierre avoid terrible personal and professional humiliation. Well, you can, because I'm doing a Soho theater run from the 2nd of April to the 6th of April. That's right. It's starting three days after the Brexit deadline, which means that I will be accepting uh, ticket uh, uh, purchases through food, rats, baseball bats, things like that. But if you want to use your useless English currency before then, well, that would be an excellent decision. So maybe you should go to the Soho Theatre website and buy tickets for the Pierre Novelli stand-up show from the 2nd of April to the 6th of April. Because if you're a fan of me, you don't want me to have to do my show legally to no one, night after night, like I'm in hell. Buy the tickets. Oh, in similar Africa-themed news, um, yeah. have you uh, been following the whole David Lammy and Stacey Dooley thing? Oh, boy. Uh, that's la- the, the charity comic relief, right? Comic relief. It's this classic. Uh, so for those who don't know, David Lammy, uh, black British MP, has, uh, to use a modern parlance, called out. He's thrown shade. He's throwing shade. He spilt some tea. <laughs> About um, a white um, documentary ho- presenter and maker, Stacey Dooley. Yeah. And, uh, for, for, for working for Comic Relief. Not, not just for working for Comic Relief, but for going out to um, Uganda, I think it was specifically. She's uh-huh. gone out to Uganda um, to raise, raise awareness of Africa. Because people don't know about Africa, Pierre. I'm, you know what? The, the look on people's face when they, they first hear about Africa <laughs> is, is sometimes, even when I just have to explain where I'm from. And I point on a map and they go, oh, we thought that was a big smudge. We thought someone had spilt a coffee from Egypt all the way down <laughs> to the Antarctic. Really dirty maps. Yeah. I've, I've never, I've never, you know, there's, there's people out there who've never had a really uh, sick looking uh, black child shoved in their face repeatedly every day for like two decades. Well, that's, that, and that, that, that's a central uh, con- uh, controversy with this is where does help stop being helpful? Yeah, where, and and the the picture that Stacey Dooley posted, Stacey Dooley posted on Instagram, is quite embarrassing. It's her holding um, a lovely chubby black boy mm-hmm. in her arms. She's smiling at the camera, and the ca- um, the caption just says "obsessed," S- and then a, like a a heart emoji. It's super gross, isn't it? Where where well, obsessed is like I'm obsessed with this foreign child mm-hmm. that needs my help i don't it, it, it's that patronizing thing of like um they, they think the suffering is real enough to do something but they still just like but that's no reason it can't be a meme and you sort of go well if you really grasp the seriousness of what you're saying then surely it can't be a meme although on the other side i saw lots of annoying tweets being like uh, uh why is ed sheeran there and not uh, you know a really well-known african and you sort of go, well, I mean, they're looking to get white British people to give money, and white British people don't know any famous Africans. Yeah. But they are obsessed, white British people, famously, with little, little ginger yodeler, Ed Sheeran. They love the, the little ginger yodeler. And God so, bless he, white people and their inexplicable love of Ed Sheeran. He, he's going to get them to give so much money. Exactly. They're like, oh, I love that song where you go, and fiddle in an Irish band, stand love an England man. That stupid fake folk nonsense. Horrible, I love that. Insulting, <laughs> using a name of an of an already exist pre existing song. Yeah. That is much better. Yes. Yes. The, anyway, we're not here to talk about Galway Girl. Um, yeah. So the point is that like. Lammy, Lammy's not wrong, but it also, like, it depends. Because there's loads of situations in Africa where charity money has made everything way worse. And the money just, like, half the money gets nicked and the other half gets wasted kind of thing. Worse how? Um, so, for example, um, but so these... you can use it to crush opposition. Sure. Uh, militia groups can, like, it, it could prolong a civil war if in order to deliver aid to a militia-held area, the militia take half the aid. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, a militia yeah. group that otherwise could have been starved out or had no medicine or couldn't have sold the food for money to buy ammo, things like that. So it's very complicated and it depends. But there's no, also th- situations... That I would sponsor to watch Stacey Dooley go in guns a-blazing to take <laughs> out <laughs> rebel militia. I w- w- just, just to watch uh, Stacey Dooley do a full Rambo. And just to be like... Obsessed! Obsessed! <laughs> Guys, just two pounds a month can can fund a conversion course for these mechanics to turn this flatbed pickup truck into an anti-aircraft cannon. For only one pound a week, I can have all the high-velocity ammo I need to take out. (laughs) And this is where I regret not knowing the names of individual uh, African militia. (laughs) The Lord's Resistance Army. Yes, of course. How can I forget the LRA? They're like the Manchester United of... uh, Enormous, terrifying militia groups in Africa. And then, there's, yeah, there's Coney, the... Coney. Uh, Coney, um, the Jose Mourinho of... Uh, the special one. The special one. <laughs> the, the shareable one. The shareable one, that's right. Is he dead now, Coney? Coney's still out there, buddy boy. Is he still there? Coney 2012 just made him angrier, I think. <laughs> it just made him more annoyed. But then, and, you've, and, and, you know, on the other side of it, you've got uh, uh, Al-Shabaab. Uh, in Somalia, oh, yeah. and you've got the old uh, Boko Haram knocking around. Of course. Yeah, they're all out there. Of course. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I, I, w- I would pay money to watch Stacey Dooley use charity money to, to turn a group of um, quite sort of wet, posh, white English people into some sort of terrifying bush guerrilla force. Which, are, which, of course, would just add to the problem, but then that would be a, like a, a nice metaphor. Well, I think... Th- but sometimes it's good. Coming soon to Dave, Phil Wang's travels with his dad. We all know comedian Phil Wang, but did you know he has a dad? Well, join him on his fraught travels with his dad. Will they butt heads? Will they just look at stuff quietly? Yes, the second one. Hey dad, look at that. Look at that guy in his uh, traditional uh, outfit. Uh, We wouldn't wear that, would we? Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's okay. Bill Wang's travels with his dad. Oh, God, those cowboys are really going out this rodeo. Whoa, it's painful, huh? Yeah, 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 I guess it would probably hurt. Uh, I think I... I want to go. Phil Wang's travels with his dad. A hilarious romp through the world with two men who are basically the same. Uh, and uh, don't talk to each other very much. I mean, they love each other. They're father and son, but they've got no repartee, especially nothing television-worthy. Phil Wang's travels with his dad, coming soon to Dave. I think a really negative effect that this sort of uh, um, performative activism can have is that it makes it look like the most helpful thing you can do not to give money, but to go out and do th- and call the little black child yourself. Yeah. And I went to um, an English private school for A-levels. Yeah. No apologies. Yeah, fuck uh, you. <laughs> I went to an English private school. Um, <clears throat> if it's any consolation, it was a waste of money. <laughs> Absolute fucking waste of money. I've never seen more a greater waste of money than uh, the incompetence at that school. It beggars belief. But... Every year, they would do this uh, trip to Malawi. Oh, God, And yeah. all the kids, all these um, rosy-cheeked teenagers would apply mm-hmm. to go on this trip to Malawi to help out. Just, just, just vaguely... Just vaguely help out. Yeah. To pe- like to build sh- like really shitty buildings. They had no experience building. Yeah, and also to, to, to teach English, having no teaching experience. And also, as you say, they come and they build all these buildings, but they don't. Uh, the, the, like, they, they might be African countries, but they have fucking building codes. They have to right. build, they have to bulldoze them because they don't meet. Well, standards. exactly. This is the story that you that comes out. These um, white kids from abroad come in to these African countries, um, go, oh, aren't you also poor? Build them little horrible, shitty walls. And then in the night, uh, like African uh, builders have to come in, tear it down because it's not sound. It's not sound. And then build it properly. Well, and also African builders have had their work taken away by volunteers. So you go, hey, you know what's going to help the local economy if we take uh, everyone's work and do it for free and then leave? 
do it badly for free. Yeah. It's just completely lacking in foresight. You think you can just drop in, give everyone one present, and then they're done. Or whereas the most helpful thing to do is to support the economy, yeah. get people working, get people paid for their work. Uh, but man, these, the kids at my school, if you if you didn't get on the Malawi trip, yeah. they'd, they'd be crying that yeah. they didn't get to go to Malawi. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and these, are, these guys were... These kids were not good people. They, f- they were fucking assholes yeah, yeah, yeah. at school. Yeah. They were unkind to others. Yeah. They, uh, we had two black people in our school. Never saw them talk to either of them ever. <laughs> they weren't concerned They, they had to Rachel. go to Malawi to have their first conversation with a black person. Yeah. It, was, it was just appalling. Uh, and, and so when I see something like this, one of the Stacey Dooley photo going obsessed holding a black, little black boy, I can't help but go back to those memories you know also like uh, the whole thing with i want to hold an orphan and stuff mm. there's like an artificial orphan business now as well in really a, in a lot of places yeah, yeah yeah because parents will be like well our kid earns us money by pr- pretending to be an orphan for white people <laughs> so like you can rent your kid out to be an orphan for the day in some places a very good book for listeners by the way on this is war games uh i think by linda something uh, but the book's called War Games, and it's about it's full of examples of areas of Africa where heavy charity presence has created or continued to feed problems. Mm-hmm. And it includes the creepy fake orphanage trade, the militias making money out of it, things like that. Um, yeah, so it can go badly, badly wrong. And then you've got lunatics like fucking Bob Geldof. You're like, we solved Africa in the 1980s. And if you, if, <laughs> if you dare point out to him that it's basically been proven that a, a pretty sizable chunk of the of the money he raised in the 80s did go to militias and dictatorships. He's furious, even though at, at your most optimistic, that's obvious. <laughs> like, fucking come on. One percent of it, surely. You know, you've got to admit that to yourself. Yeah. Unless you think that you're a, a magic wizard that can just avoid all local and national government structures. in a country. Live aid or live ammo. Banksy. Banksy's here. Um, but yes but but David Lemmy does have a point he goes when will we stop with it's just so repetitive every year it's the same photo of a little um, a little black child in a white lady's arms same video of black people dancing like villagers happily dancing to some drums and and I don't know what that's supposed to prove like aren't aren't they brave being happy even though they're African? (laughs) What is the point? (laughs) What are they trying to say? But also it's trying to sort of say to people like, um, there's a certain type of person that you meet, especially in the UK, I've found, who if you explain to them that like the Maasai in Kenya, who they're sort of obsessed with because they're they're in that one BBC ident, you know? Yeah. You go, you know the Maasai have pages and mobile phones and pickup trucks and stuff, like they're farmers. They'd be like, no. <laughs> they would, they're a bit yeah. disappointed because yeah. they want them to be wearing their r- famous red robes every day, even mm. if they're driving into town for a meeting at the bank about a loan to get a new tractor or something. And they well, go, no, but no, do the dance. They want the exoticism. Absolutely. And so it, these are people who will sort of reject globalization yeah. as, um, as an evil act of imperialism. They want to deny people technology and medicines so that they can enjoy a holiday a holiday and their their own preferred idea of diversity yes and they their own they want the world to be a cultural smorgasbord for them to enjoy they they want everywhere to be a fa- a fascinating backwater except where they are yeah and sometimes even where they are <laughs> and it's it's incredibly tedious to speak to them about this kind of stuff yeah i mean the, the other problem is that, like, no one ever explains all the different successes that Africa has had. We're like, or just, like, the world in general. Like, if you tell people that child poverty and poverty in general is, has been reduced by, like, two-thirds since the 50s. Mm-hmm. No, people are like, no, that can't be true because, if anything, there's more adverts on the tube f- for starving babies than ever. Because mm-hmm. it's media saturation. Things have improved massively. In a lot of places, things are going unbelievably well. Yeah. It just yeah. tends to be, you know, corruption and um, Swiss bank accounts, things like that, that tend to let the money bleed out of a country. I, uh, I follow a Twitter account called Human Progress. It's very, like, capitalist. Yeah. But it's also a good palate cleanser because from time to time it'll just post things going, there's, like, 
billions fewer poor people now than there used to be. Yeah. And uh, four billion more people have food and can read. Yeah. And be like, wow. Uh, and people are living to 160 now, um, so maybe things aren't as quite as bad as you say. Yeah, but, and, and when and someone just posts things like, uh, "By the way, solar power is now more efficient as a fuel than coal," and you go, "Fuck, that's great!" <laughs> and then you go on the tube, and it's like, "Are you going bald? Look at this starving child. Do you need Viagra? Your hair's dirty. Oh no! <laughs> are you alone?" That's horrible. Well, because advertising exists to solve problems, not celebrate successes. Yeah, right? exactly. So, it's just problems. It will expand to fill the gap of, uh, uh, allowed to it. Anyway, uh, what I'm looking forward to is Comedy Central's Lammy versus Dooley roast. Oh, please. Yeah. If she doesn't get confused and try and pick him up, that is. <laughs> <laughs> Obsessed. Obsessed with this little member of parliament. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this adorable little member of Parliament. <laughs> Parliament, Darren Lammer. <laughs> Obsessed with his constituents. <laughs> Hi, we're a terrifying company. We've finally formed out of an amalgam of Google, YouTube, Facebook, WhatsApp, Apple, Microsoft, and the US Army. But not the Marines. We'll get you, though. That's right. We're going to provide everything that you'll ever need. And a few things you might not, that you might not know about yet. For example, did you know you can outsource your skin? <laughs> That's right. There's no need to provide your own skin anymore. What is it, the 80s? <laughs> Didn't think so. Just outsource providing your skin to someone else. Don't worry about it. A drone will bring it. Put it on. Put it on. Well, that's it for this week's Bud Pod. Thanks for listening. Thank you very much for downloading it. On uh, we're on every platform. Pod, Pod, Blob. blob pretty pod. sure your ones I've never heard of. The Podcats, the Podfather, um, Podbin, Podulance, um, Castrop, <laughs> Castrof, um, Toilet, um, uh, Toilet Casts, and of course in Russia, Podblat. Everything. We're everywhere. Um, and uh, although, although, if you really want to help us and you're the kind of person who has ever used uh, iTunes or Apple, if you have an Apple ID, do go on iTunes, log in with your Apple ID, and please give us five stars. Five stars rating, please. Uber and, style. And subscribe and um, enjoy. Uh, and also, please contact us um, uh, on Twitter at TheBudPod. And on email, thebudpod at gmail.com. And let us know your most authoritarian thoughts of the week and most libertarian thoughts of the week. And also your most uncool, cool thing and your coolest, uncool thing. And your Louis. And uh, yeah, and how many, how many Louis you're on at the time. Yes, please. See you next time. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.